This is part two of the talk of the Rebbe uh, on Mishpatim that relates to Mashiach. Precisely and only the law of the Hebrew slave, the Evadivri, demonstrates the inner connection between Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, and the Mishpatim, the laws of civility and society in general. The Torah does not emphasize a particular connection between the mitzvah and its reward or punishment. For example, the reward for honoring one's parents is long life. Longevity and honor are not inherently dependent on each other. Similarly, corporal punishment, lashes, has no specific connection to the transgression in question. But in the case of the Hebrew slave, the Torah does connect the punishment with its cause. The ear that heard is pierced. At Sinai, the ear of this Jew heard, don't steal. And at Sinai, the ear of this Jew heard that the Jewish people are Shem servants. It is this ear that is punished. Therefore, the laws of the Hebrew servant are not secular or mundane. They are from Sinai. And so with all similar laws, all mishpatim, all laws of human in, uh, of conduct are from Sinai. This fact alluded to in the structure of this week's Torah reading will be evident with the coming of Mashiach when the eyes of all flesh will see, like it says. So the law of the Hebrew slave has an inner meaning, an immediate lesson for us as we prepare the world to greet Mashiach. The purpose of Torah and Mitzvah given at Sinai is to purify and refine the material aspects of the world, transforming the material realm into a dwelling place for Hashem. Thus, in the first law, after Sinai, the law of the Hebrew slave, we see how we can uh, bring about that transformation and revelation of Mashiach. So Hasidus says, explains the following. You have three levels of avdus, of servitude. You have the Evid Kanani, the Canaanite slave, the Hebrew slave, and the Hebrew maidservant. And each one corresponds to a level of divine service. A Canaanite slave is under the jurisdiction of his animal soul and his physical desires. But he forces himself to serve God, refraining from violating the positive and negative commandments because he fears his master. Spiritually speaking, the Hebrew slave is on a higher level. The divine soul illuminates the animal soul so that it too longs for godliness. Truly has not yet transformed it, but at least the tra- transient pleasures have lost their allure. And that parallels the role of the male slave. He brings into the house the necessities for eating and drinking, but this raw material is not yet fit for human consumption. They're not cooked. They've not yet left their previous existence. Spiritually, the Hebrew slave has begun to change his nature and the world around the Hebrew maidservant, again, a metaphor for level of divine service, has transformed her desires and animal attributes into holiness. And in parallel with the above analogy, the maidservant transforms the raw material into something edible, cooking, baking, and like otherwise preparing the food. Thus the mishpatim begin with the laws of the Hebrew slave, the process of transforming the world. The purpose of the revelation outside it starts with illuminating the animal soul and our material environment, changing them and bringing them under the jurisdiction of holiness. What follows, when all the buttons are polished, Tzuput and the Knep is the level of the Hebrew maidservant, the level of redemption, Mashiach, when there'll be a total transformation and the world openly becomes a dwelling place for godliness. And this, again, is based on the Kutisichas, volume 16 of the Rebbe. This concludes part two of the talk. We will now share another thought relating to this week's parsha, some parakhaf Dalid Posik, Hey through Ches, Parshas Mishpatim. 24, 5 through 8. It says, He sent the young men of the children of Israel and they offered burnt offerings. This is the blood of the covenant that Hashem has made with you. So the Jewish nation entered the covenant of the Torah by three rites, the third of which was the above-mentioned offering. In the words of Rambam, Maimonides, Israel entered the covenant by way of three rites, bris, circumcision, tefillah, immersion, and carbon, a sacrifice. The circumcision, the bris was performed in Mitzrayim, Tefillah immersion was performed in the desert and also the carbon sacrifice 
And this procedure remained a requirement for all future conversions to Judaism. With the uh, destruction of the Holy Temple, which precludes the offering of a sacrifice, there remain but circumcision and immersion. When the Beis Amigdash shall be rebuilt, however, these converts from the time of Gullus will have to offer that sacrifice as well. Now, offhand, the present procedure raises a question. How can we presently accept a convert as a full-fledged Jew without the sacrifice? There is, however, a basic distinction between bris, circumcision, and immersion on the, other, on the one hand, and the carbon offering on the other. The convert enters the fold of Judaism by means of the first two. Bris circumcision removes the impurity of its former state, while immersion infuses the holiness of Jewishness. The sacrifice is not at anything essential to his entry into Judaism. Uh, a, a carbon is an offering and a gift to Hashem, which establishes the profound and intimate bond between the Jew and Hashem, analogous to the relationship between a child and its parent. Indeed, the Hebrew word for carbon is, uh, is, comes from the word karoiv, meaning close or near. Therefore, a convert will offer the sacrifice after having entered the covenant to mark this special bond between Hashem and himself. Mitzvah will continue this talk in tomorrow's shir. This concludes Mashiach in five.